The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This is Opal Singleton and we come to you every Thursday morning with a new subject, uh, this show is meant to be a, a literally a hardcore training program for first responders and leaders all over the world that want to combat human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography. This is a real live radio show, so you can call in at one 866 472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. This show is uh, brought to you by Million Kids. I would encourage you, if you do not follow Million Kids currently, uh, that you go to Million Kids on Facebook and find it and hit like. And also you can uh, see or hear all of these shows are archived at a separate site. We have millionkids.org site, of course, and uh, that's where you would go and donate like that. But all of these shows are archived at exploitedcrimes.com. You just go to exploitedcrimes.com and hit listen. And there is over 80 hours now of free human trafficking training on these shows where we delve into a lot of different things. Well, today I really want to get into some tough stuff. And uh, I will just tell you where I'm at. This show... This week, I'm just going to kind of talk from my heart. I uh, have laid out a lot of notes, and where I'm at is I'm very close to putting the ending touches on my book, Uh, my next book. Of course, we have the book Seduce, The Grooming of America's Teenagers, which talks about the art of grooming and the fantasy relationships and how, how pedophiles and predators all over the world can access, groom, recruit, and exploit our young people. But what I'm seeing, and my next book will be called Societal Shift, A World Without Borders and a Home Without Walls. And what I'm seeing here is far beyond anything that I've saw uh, in previously from the art of grooming. And I just don't want to finish that book till I put in this last chapter. And quite frankly, I'm I'm going to sort through it from my brain today with you guys. And I, I welcome you to email me at opal, O-P-A-L, at millionkids.org with your thoughts and comments and, and like this. This is not a finalized product yet, which is why I haven't finished my book. Uh, the Lord is still using my heart to sort through this. Many of you may not understand how all this works for me, but for nearly 10 years, I have looked at just literally uh, tens of thousands of cases. I look at every case every day, and I try to understand what is happening because I'm looking to craft solutions that I can share around the world to be able to prevent kids, especially from being violated. And I'm really kind of at the... um, 
on the cusp of this. So you're welcome to call in. You're welcome to email me at Opal at Me and Kids and give me your thoughts. Here's one I want to talk about. I've given it a title, Phantom Relationships and the Prism of Shame. And what I'm really working on here is it has... What I see is as technology becomes more and more sophisticated and um, our kids are leading the way and testing out all this technology, part of my mission in life and where God has put me, and uh, some days I, I wonder what the heck I'm doing, but anyway, uh, is to try to understand these new technologies and advise you as parents and teachers and law enforcement how we can combat this, because we're in a unique time in society. Part of what um, Societal Shift, the book that I'm about to finish, is all about is that, you know, we're, we're, we have one of the greatest social experiments we could ever have in our life, in that our children are leading the way with this technology. Every day a new thing comes out. We don't even hear about it as parents until some child gets violated with it. And they come with no instructions, no warning, no nothing. And people like myself spend hours, early morning hours, uh, and I'm really starting to worry about the toll it's taking on my parents. But anyway, hour upon hour trying to analyze these these apps and say, what is going on? Because our kids are the guinea pigs. They're leading the way, and it's only after a few kids get violated, or in some cases, thousands of kids get violated, do we start to understand how we can educate others to uh, do something about it? Now, one of the things that concerns me is because I'm only one person and I have limited financing, there's a limit on how much I can educate other people. And I really want to partner with some other people that can bring forth the resources so that when we discover a problem going on, we can announce it. And that is the purpose of, uh, of this show on Variety Channel. It goes out to 170 countries. I want to educate people as fast as I can on how this is working. So the first problem is I'm looking at, I really believe this uh, concept of why they don't tell is a multi-stage issue. And this show, I want to take you through those stages and help you share with you some of my thinking on this and um, and I certainly welcome your feedback. Uh, it's an interesting thing because we put our kids, first of all, as we all know, right out there on the World Wide Web with very little understanding on their part how the Internet is made and why pedophiles are after them and what happens when they fall prey to a pedophile. We're giving them no armor, no equipment, no tools to really understand the big picture. And I am hoping and praying that there's a couple of organizations that will partner with me and help me provide the funding to create a national documentary that we can provide for free in schools. Because what happens here is that they get into a situation and they don't understand the world in which they live. We are giving kids cell phones before we even have the sex talk. So first of all, they don't understand the technology. And second of all, many of them don't understand the sex act and what it's supposed to be, and how it can be violated. 
And so we're literally sending kids off to war here, if you will, naked, you know, without any equipment, without any training, without any understanding. It's a bizarre time in the world that we would do this. But let me give you an example here, if I can find this one right off the bat here. Um, I, I have all these notes here. Let me find which one I want to talk about first is this lure of a stranger. Here we go. Uh, the uh, the particular case here, what happened is, let me see if I can get my hands on this one here. Here we are. Headline, Atwater man used social media for sex crimes on children, DOJ says. Okay, that's the headline. It's by Thaddeus Miller. And thank you, Thaddeus, for MercedSunstar.com. Uh, I appreciate that. And uh, what the what the story is, it's a recent story out of Utah. And there was a guy by the name of, uh, I don't really care what his name is, quite frankly. He went by Captain America 272018. And he used uh, Kick and Instagram and Omegle. Nobody ought to be on Omegle. That's O-M-E-G-L-E. If you wonder why I say that. I don't have time to go off on a rant because I want to go a different direction, but just go to YouTube and put in Omegle and you'll understand what I'm talking about. This guy's name is Nico Perez, and he's 26 out of Utah. Anyway, what he did is uh, he hooked up with uh, boys that are 8 and 10, and uh, he offered them Google Play credits if they would go in and uh, do sexual poses and acts on each other and then um, and like that. So... I find this fascinating. Here's where I go when I read an article like that, and here's what I want you to go along this trip with me. They're 8 and 10. They don't know what sex is. They may be seeing their folks do it. They may be seeing some pornography. It's almost impossible nowadays on the Internet. Now, first of all, why an 8 and 10-year-old is on Google uh, to anywhere on a game, uh, first of all, that that is a travesty. I mean, in my opinion, it ought to be illegal because when you're putting your child out there on these video games without supervision, you literally are dropping them off at a strip club. And I know that sounds redundant. If you've heard me, I say that ad nauseum. But I want you to get the picture. When you put an eight-year-old out there, you you know, you might as well drop them off the local bar and see how it works or the adult bookstore because you're, you're putting them out there unprotected. First of all, I have to believe that an eight-year-old does not understand, first of all, that sex should be about a committed relationship that is something wonderful and that you share with responsibility. But he's eight, and all he wants is his Google Play credit. So we put them out there. Now, I just I don't want to belabor this because I want to get deeper into some of these, but here's my point here is that this person they have never met was able to just go in and get an 8 and a 10-year-old boy and get them to go in and masturbate each other and film it and send it to him. So what? here my point is, other than the fact that they should never have been on there in the first place, let's get past that. Here's the issue. It, you know, First of all, do they know what masturbation is, number one? Number two, I'm certain at 8 and 10, they don't understand why a 26-year-old man wants to see them doing that. Number three, how do they know what to do? This is not like a child who's being violated by an uncle or a father. There is nobody in the room putting their arm around these children. There is no sense of touch. The senses, one of the things that I think is unique in this is they get people to self-violate. Now, we're going to take this to a whole new level here shortly, but here's a 
8- and 10-year-olds that are self-violating. In their case, they just want the Google Play credits. But my point is, is that it's self-violation. They will have never met Nicole, okay? Nobody put their arm around them and said they care about them, let daddy play with you, like might happen in a sex abuse case. There is no one in the room with them except each other, and they are doing this, and they are being coerced. Now, they must have at some point figured out that they had done something wrong and mom and dad are going to kill them if they find out. That's a figure of speech, by the way. But if they find out, and so because eventually he's threatening to hurt their family, and of course at that point they are absolutely trapped and panicked and like that. Now, he did this with many, many people, but the reason I want to bring this up, what I'm trying to analyze is why don't they tell? First of all, How do they get lured into it themselves? And two, why don't they tell? As I have begun to understand, now this happens to be some very young kids, but I'm going to show you case after case after case where kids are 12, 14, 16. They have cognitive reasoning, not adult cognitive reasoning, but some, and they have a sense of shame. And so I, I look at this and I say to myself, how does this first work And they're in luring them in because what is happening is these kids know they're not supposed to be doing this, but they have a sense of autonomy, a sense of that nobody will find out, a sense that they can do something that they normally couldn't do because they're on the Internet and it's not a real world. And so it's like they're never going to get caught. And so they enter in doing acts that um, that is an interesting act because they they start out from a standpoint of maybe as long as nobody uh, talks or maybe they think nobody else will understand or they simply want something they can't have normally. They are unable to visualize the costs of what this is going to give them at that moment, but they are going in in a um, in a relationship with someone they have never met, who will never meet, who will take control of their life and change their life forever, but they're unable to see uh, there's no connection between the original act and the consequences of those acts like you might see in real life. In other words, I don't believe these children would go in and masturbate with their brother in the living room with mom watching, most of them. Now, there are people who do that. But a lot more people will do this on the Internet with a stranger because they believe they won't get caught. So that's the first step in a phantom relationship of believing they can live in this fantasy world with no consequences. And that's the first thing that we need to take on with children before we hand them a phone. I am already through the first segment. We may have to make this two parts where this is over. Anyway, stay with me, folks. Uh, We're up against that break. We're going to be right back. Thanks. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Seduced. 
The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillix, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. So what we're looking at today, hello and welcome back. My brain is going a thousand miles an hour. I need to slow down with you. What we're looking at today is this power of a phantom relationship and what I'm calling the prism of shame. And this will probably be the last chapter I add to my book, and we're going to close it out and go to print because I've already signed the contract. But uh, by phantom relationship, what I what is fascinating to me is that in case after case after case, people will never have met uh, the victim will have never met their perpetrator, their violator, their exploiter. And this is the fascinating thing to me is the power of somebody they have never met, how it takes over their lives and supersedes the real impact going on in their life. Let me try putting that a different way. We're talking about, first of all, we were talking about when they first meet. You know, I believe that most kids that are on the internet believe that somebody loves them, that they have a family that cares about them, and, and that's like a baseline given for most kids. What they don't understand is that we have put them on the World Wide Web, and in essence, what they're doing is they're negotiating without their understanding uh, that they want more than what they have at home. In other words, they know mom and dad love them, or somebody, grandma, somebody cares about them, and that's a baseline. They never see that as being in uh, jeopardy until 
They are deep, deep into what I call the prism of shame, and they've started to understand what they've done. I never thought about it before, but it probably sounds like the Garden of Eden and trading out all paradise for an apple or whatever it was. But anyway, it's a, one of the things I'm trying to work from here is that kids, because they don't have cognitive reasoning, don't understand the trap that is being laid and they walk right in. And we as parents are complicit, quite frankly, because when you hand a child a phone and you give them no instruction, no training, and nobody in the United States, at least, or around the world seems to be educating kids about how all this works and that there are millions of pedophiles waiting to violate them and trick them. And so we're literally sending them off to war naked, in my opinion. So, okay, they enter in, and why I'm saying this is that they will meet up with a pedophile. I'm going to give you some cases here. And what they do is they want that person's approval. They either become engaged emotionally and think they're getting love and affection, and so they will go in and strip and do sex acts and send it to them thinking that they're in a relationship without realizing that until it's too late and they're being blackmailed, that they are taking for granted the love and approval of the family they have, and that by sending that photo They are jeopardizing the initial relationship. Now, you know, I'm kind of talking off the top of my head, but I suppose it's a little bit like a guy who or gal who cheats in their marriage. It isn't always guys. Gals cheat, too. You know, they have a wonderful marriage and they're being taken care of and they have everything they want. But here comes this lovely little thing down the street and they're thinking they can nail it without ever getting caught. And they and once they're caught, they realize they've jeopardized the relationship they had, bird in the hand kind of thing. Anyway, that's a factor. I want to just take this a bit further because where I'm going on this is that why don't they tell? And um, and maybe I'm starting to answer my own question. Part of it is, is that they've started to realize that they have Uh, violated something that was already very important to them, but they couldn't understand that what they were doing at the time they were doing it would cost them what already they had, what they already had, uh, until it's too late and they've had to pay this price. So let me give you some more examples because I'm going to walk through this. Uh, This headline, Egan Man Pleads Guilty in Teen Sextortion Case. Um, This is uh, an older case here, but um, I guess, uh, I don't know, it doesn't matter how old it is. Anyway, his name was Martin Neko, and uh, he was a guy who posed as a female uh, on a various social media accounts, and he solicited nude images and videos from high school boys. He kept folders, folders of nude photo and videos of young women he posed as, and he'd swap these with male victims. And he had hundreds of victims, hundreds of boys got tricked in thinking they were talking to a girl, and they would go in, they would masturbate, they would, you know, show their phallic symbol, all of that stuff, and send it to him thinking they were sending it to a girl. Now, I look at this, and then all of a sudden he began to blackmail them. He had 178 victims of high school boys in multiple states that had sent and produced porn and sent it to them. So first of all, think about how this kid's life's changed. Say he's 14, you know. And uh, so he hooks up with what he thinks is a great girl on the Internet, and they, they fall in love, they get in heat, and they do their thing, and he sends it. And so they have been tricked. Now, 
What is fascinating in this act is that's a fairly normal act, okay? Uh, I won't say normal. <laughs> it's sad that it's normal today. But, yeah, a guy meets a girl at some point. The talk turns sexual, and, yes, he exposes himself, but now he's trapped. And in this case, what has happened is that he has self-violated. In other words, what I want you to understand is why don't they tell in this case He has been lured in, and it wasn't like somebody came and raped him. Somebody didn't come and touch him. Having said that, they led him to believe they were going to be in a relationship in this case. And he got tricked, and they sent it off to them. And so 178 boys that we know of were trapped. Now, what's fascinating is that they caught this guy without somebody coming forward and saying, this is happening to my son, and I want to file a case. I, there's no indication here that, this, um, that he was caught, actually, because of somebody reporting it. Uh, in fact, it kind of leads me to believe they found it through photo DNA, which is a whole other case. And that, yes, the government is using photo DNA and they're looking for naked photos and then they run the IP address and go out and arrest the, pe- arrest the people. And they're doing it by the millions, by the way, and thousands. And I, I appreciate that. Here's another one. Pedophile ordered to give his home and $250,000 to one of his victims. Now, this guy looks like the devil himself. I have to believe he didn't look like this to these girls. But what he would do is he had just an incredible number of victims. He had over 136,000 photos. Now, he didn't do this to all of them. But what I want you to see here is he would meet a girl on the Internet, and somewhere along the line he would groom them, like we talk about in Seduced, and then he would get the girl to go in the bedroom and masturbate herself and film it. And then send it to him. Now, this must have looked like a relationship to these kids. They're, they're teenagers for the most part. But when, when that happened, then he began to blackmail them. He would, uh, you know, threaten to put it out there. He would put it on, threaten to put it on the Internet and like this. Again, these kids did not tell. And uh, nothing that we see in this article leads you to believe that they would tell on there. I'm going to give you one more. I often talk about this girl. It was uh, December last year. A 13-year-old girl from Katy, Texas was found safe in Mexico City. She lived in uh, Katy, Texas. She fell in love on the Internet. Mom and Dad didn't even think she had use to an iPhone Uh, She was using the library at the school. She ran away from Katy, Texas. She got to the border. Uh, She conned a lady into giving her a free ticket, and she ended up in Mexico City with a guy who's 29. She called him daddy. She called herself baby girl. Daddy owns my body and soul. So this girl has been indoctrinated. So here's what I'm working on and what we're really going to cover in the next two sections. These kids meet somebody First of all, that they know that, you know, in the in their heart of hearts, they know they have to hide it because if they get caught, they're going to be in trouble. In their heart, they know that mom and dad do not approve of this or whoever is in their life does not approve of this. So they keep it secret and that secret empowers them to take it further and further. But they do not have the cognitive wherewithal to understand that they basically are bait in a mousetrap of child pornography. 
and that they are going to be, they're going down a path that's going to get extremely painful. And no matter what they do, it's going to get worse and worse and worse if they do not tell. So they, and what is fascinating is none of these people were ever in the room with the perpetrator. Nobody is like putting their arm around them, giving them hugs, making it feel like, you know, uh, that sense of, that you get, that sense of touch that stimulates sexuality. This is all being done with words through a computer that is, and, and photos that are being offered to them. So this is why I call it a phantom relationship. This is happening with somebody they most likely will never meet. And that person has taken complete control of their life either through threats or through grooming, uh, the seduction process, and are getting these children to do, and their children, even if they're 14 or 15, they don't have adult cognitive reasoning, and they're getting these children to do things they know in their heart or hearts they have to hide. Otherwise, they'd be doing it in front of mom and dad. They know they have to hide this behavior. And it is part of it is the power of that secret, okay? Part of it is the power of the fact that they now know they've done something wrong. Part of it is because they're starting to be blackmailed and the threats are overwhelming. But I believe part of it is because their acts are self-degrading. In other words, nobody violated them physically They violated themselves, and I believe, this is why I'm calling this the prism of shame, P-R-I-S-M, not prison, prism of shame, is that there are many facets to this, that when you begin to self-degrade with someone you have never met, and they take control of your life, This is reaching a level of seduction that our society does not understand, and we're not prepared yet to combat it. But if you will stick with me, we're going to go into the next segment. We're going to start to find ways to solve this problem. We're going into a generation of kids that are going to have phantom relationships and self-degrade. We must find solutions. Stay with me, folks. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, 
chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to exploited crimes against humanity if you have a question or comment please send an email to opal at millionkids.org that's o-p-a-l at millionkids.org now back to exploited crimes against humanity here again is opal singleton well hello and welcome back to exploited crimes against humanity this is opal singleton uh, our organization is Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N. Please go to Million Kids on Facebook and uh, hit like and start to follow us so that you can see all of this happening. Also, MillionKids.org is our website, and these shows are, are archived at ExploitedCrimes.com. I, uh, before I go deep into this, because I'm about to go really deep with you here, uh, I, I just, first of all, want to say thank you to all the people in the last month or so that's donated. The summer times are very, very hard for us. And uh, so many people are now involved in human trafficking and, you know, collecting donations. And all of that is really, really good. And we want to support others. But in order to be able to do the work that I do, I have to have donations. I'm probably the worst fundraiser you ever saw because I just really want to do the work. But those of you that have supported us and supported our shows and supported me and kids, missing kids and sent donations in, I truly appreciate this. I want to take this message around the world uh, and especially across the United States. And to do that, I need partners and I need big partners that can financially come alongside with me that say, I believe in the work you're doing and hardly anybody else is doing this and we want to help you. And so I appreciate people who do that at www.millionkids.org. Just hit donate or contact me at Opal at Million Kids. Thank you so much for all the people that make this happen. Enough now. I want to really get into this. So what started this thinking is a couple of things that I have seen of late that are preying on my heart. So we know they get in it. They are unable to realize that they are, they are doing something that will cause them shame and that will also cause harm and pain to their family, family and the primary relationship that they take for granted. So I get that. It's, it's probably uh, without realizing what they're negotiating, they don't mean to. 
they don't understand it. I mean, we are putting kids without cognitive reasoning out there and, and they're making decisions that will be painful not only to them, but to their entire family. But where I'm really going for this is why don't they tell and what can I do to break this prism of shame and get them into a place that they can understand what is happening to them. So I saw two cases that I really want to just kind of take over the next two sections with you. One was a uh, IDTV. I love, I'm not home much, but when I do, I like IDTV and investigative discovery. And uh, uh, Kinder, Kendall Hunter is one of my heroes, by the way. But anyway, um, this this was a special called Brex Breck B R E C K Breck's Last Game Story of Teenage Boys Murder to be dramatized in police film and it was being done by his heartbroken parents. Now these people are from uh, Surrey, I believe it was in England. And uh, his name is Breck Bednar, B-E-D-N-A-R. I suggest that you look this up. They made a film. uh, It is well worth looking at. It is uh, a boy who got caught up in sextortion and later just controlled through a video game. And the boy ended up being murdered by his pedophile or by his predator. What happened here, and they talk about, you know, the mother and dad did everything they could. They were amazing parents. And they watched and they heard him doing things, talking to people. What happened is that his pedophile came in and he recognized that this kid might have a crack in his armor, that he might be able to seduce him away from others. So even though he was in a group video game with all of his chat room with all of his friends, he uh, this guy was the administrator and he began to kind of pull him off and say, you know, you're better than the other guys and I want to make you my junior administrator and blah, blah, blah. So he seduced him in and then he began to isolate him not only from the boys, but from his family. And that is key. That uh, One of the chapters in my new book will be called Isolation and Anonymity. People make fun of me. I can't say that word. Sorry. But isolation is a key. They get these kids in isolation. So the kid wanders in and takes the bait. And the first thing they do in that process is isolate the kid away from his parents and away from him. I mean, away from the rest of his friends. And so he becomes like all consumed with that one relationship. I believe that that's part of the grooming process in this phantom relationship and part of that prism of shame because they begin to depend on that one person for all their approval. They separate them off. And this is part of what I talk about in Seduced and that fantasy relationship. So isolation and anonymity are two key elements in why they don't tell. Once they get in there, they're dependent on that approval. It's very much like the domestic violence process where he separates the wife out from everybody else. She needs his approval, and he plays a game of acceptance, rejection, acceptance, rejection, and she keeps trying to perform particular behaviors that will get his acceptance. So that is going on there is this kind of psychological grooming process and cannot be overlooked. But what happened here in Breck is that they actually took the devices away from him. They got him involved in family. This is an important discussion to me because I'm trying to find ways 
to teach families on how to get their child back once they've started down this process. They got him in sports. They gave him a lot of approval. They re-engaged in the family. They all put their phones away. They did all the right things, and he seemed to be better. And at one, and what they did not know is his petter, petter, predator can't say it. Sorry, predator got him a separate phone that he hid, and he was still in in discussion with this predator. And ultimately, he did this thing where he deceived the parents and said, "I'm going to go stay with a friend tonight." The parents thought it was a healthy relationship he was staying with, but he went over to his old pedophile's house. And the guy ended up killing him. So the reason I say that is that that Breck in this case, and he was an incredible kid. He really was. I, I saw the, the story. But what was fascinating was that that trance, that prism of shame. And in that case, what, what it was, was a, such an attraction and such a dependency on wanting the approval of his captor, if you will his predator, that he went to extraordinary lengths to do it. And I believe that's what happened to the girl in Katy, Texas. She had developed this incredible fantasy relationship to a point that she was willing to break all rules and go against the people she knew and loved. So there's an assumption that the people you know and love are going to always be there for you, but you are going to go for the gold in this new relationship. I believe there's a psychological factor that goes on there. And I want to share that with you. I want you to hold on to that thought because now I'm going to take this in a completely different direction. And that is the prism of shame. So I think that one of the motivating factors are, are, first of all, uh, isolation and an inability to perceive that you might be compromising an existing relationship in order to obtain an illicit relationship. And quite frankly, now that I think about it, that is not a whole lot different than often goes on in adult uh, cheating relationships because a, a guy or girl will mess around and and assume the wife won't leave him because he wants to go out and nail this hot babe down at the office. And so he's unable to realize the impact of his actions on the existing family. He wants what he wants. So that's one line of thinking. But I want to talk about the Momo game because that's what really is driving me down this path of prism of shame. If you don't know what I'm talking about, we've done other shows on that. It's M-O-M-O. And it isn't Momo that I care about. What I care about is the fact that a total stranger can come in and take control of a child's life. In other words, the video I saw, and uh, Momo is a video virus, if you will, that is actually causing kids to commit suicide all over the world. And that's what's driving this last chapter and, and this line of thinking. I may actually have to take this into two shows because I'm already out of time from where I want to go. But in Momo, basically what happens, I'll just give you one scenario of it. A kid gets a video, uh, gets a uh, Icon pops up on his, uh, you know, Instagram or Snapchat, and it says, hey, you want to play a game of dare? 
Now, the truth is, I don't really care about the icon. It's stupid looking anyway. It's a woman and a chicken. But it is the technology I want you as leaders to help me walk through. What happens is it says to the kid, girl or guy, you want to play a game of dare. And in this one case, they gave him a calculator and they say, just pick a number, any number. And so what I'm seeing here is the kid will pick a number. And the minute they do, they get a virus. And that virus goes into that kid's cell phone. And most kids, many kids these days have naked photos and degrading photos. They're not degrading in their mind. You know, it's just a picture of them naked or a picture of their girlfriend naked. And they're seeing that photograph in a completely different context. And that's okay if you don't ever send it out where it gets intercepted. Except now with Momo, that virus goes right into your phone. So the kid takes the first dare, maybe the second dare, and says, I don't want to play this anymore. And then Momo pops up and says, wait a minute, isn't this you and your girlfriend making out or having sex or naked or something? And here's your Instagram, uh, Facebook or Instagram or Facebook uh, email address. So I'm going to take this photo and we're going to send it to all these girls if you don't keep doing what I'm telling you to do. So they are trapped in shame right there. Because And literally what you'll see in the game of Momo in some cases is in less than 12 hours, someone they have never met, someone they're never going to meet, has come into their life, got them to commit degrading acts on themselves, and now they are putting them in the trap of sextortion saying, you're going to do this or I'm going to destroy you, and they get them to carve letters into their arms or jump off a building in less than 12 hours and kill themselves. So here's what I mean by phantom relationships and prison of shame. In less than 12 hours, someone they will have never met has come into their life and taken over their life and got them to do multiple self-degrading acts, ultimately to the end of their life, and they cannot ask for help. They do not ask for help. They are in such a state, they are so mortified that they stop in their tracks and they think, I'm doomed, it's over Nobody can help me. I might as well kill myself. And they cannot fight back and they cannot tell anybody else. We have to give them the power to tell. We're up against that break, folks. Stay with me. We've got one more segment. Be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens 
savings to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to exploited crimes against humanity if you have a question or comment please send an email to opal at millionkids.org that's o-p-a-l at millionkids.org now back to exploited crimes against humanity here again is opal singleton well, hello and welcome back, and thank you for staying with me. I welcome your comments. Just send me an email at opal at me and kids if you'd like. So we're talking about phantom relationships and the prism of shame. The reason why this is so important for me is that, as you all know, I work with real cases, and I've seen some incredible things uh, in this that I have tried to think out. I know of a situation, I'm not going to get specific because I don't want them to be identified, but somebody whose daughter for three years, they knew there was something wrong. And these are amazing people who do all the right things, good parents, and they got her into counseling. They tried to talk to her no matter what, she would not tell. And then this particular woman heard me speak and she realized, you know, I haven't talked to her about naked photos. And she went home and told her daughter or just sat quietly with her daughter and said, you know, I believe in you. I love you. I'm here for you. I'm concerned about you. Is it possible you could have naked photos that you're being violated with? Because if you are, you're not alone. I will be here with you. And the girl broke down and she had almost three years of naked photos out there that they had built an Instagram page. Now, here's a very smart girl who's near adult um, cognitive ability, who's a high achiever, an excellent girl and a good family, but she could not tell. You know, she was in such blame on herself that she could not tell. I have seen cases here where literally once the blackmail begins that, you know, the level these perpetrators take these kids to is just enormous. It's like, I need more photos. I need more explicit photos. I know of some cases is, don't you have a 12-year-old sister? I want you to have sex with your sister on videotape, something he would never, ever do. It's not uncommon to for a pedophile to then blackmail them into other family members engaging, but they don't tell. You know, they just keep paying the price. In one case, a girl was forced to film herself licking a toilet bowl. One girl was forced to drink her own urine. And so when I see these kinds of cases, this Momo thing where the the video I saw, I mean, he's cutting his arm with a knife. So he's bleeding intensely to cut in the word Momo up and down your arm is like, you know, you would think at some point I'd say, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to tell. But they cannot tell. And I think that part of it is that when you self-degrade, you have a different level of shame than when you are being degraded by someone that you can point to and, and say, this person victimized me. But in this case, this person got me to self-victimize. So you have multiple layers here. 
it starts with, you know, this clandestine relationship, you know, this hidden relationship. I got to quit using big words. Anyway, this hidden relationship that's taking you into a trap and the price gets higher and higher, but the price is you degrading yourself. So I think this is an important conversation to have because what I found, I had an interesting event. I was training at a high school down here in Riverside County in California, and uh, I trained 1,400 kids, and I got feedback from them. But what was fascinating is the kids got it. I, I asked them, how many of you know Momo? And more than a fourth of them knew it. I think that the teachers and the principals were, like, blown away. And we are starting to quietly hear of these epidemics of kids trying to kill themselves. Now, fortunately, they intercede a lot, but there is kind of a suicide thing going on out there. What I'm hearing are kids, now they may not be suicide because of uh, sextortion, but I can't help but wonder how many are. What I think is important, what I found with the kids is once I explained to them how Momo worked, they got it. You see, it isn't the chicken and the woman. I don't care about her. It is we have now entered a technology where, first of all, thousands of people can reach your child through live streaming. I did a whole show on that not too long ago of live.me where they can not only watch your child but interact with your child, reward your child, and get your child to self-violate while they film it. So we're entering that stage, and we're entering stages like Momo, where people come in and take control of their life. And it is that technology I want kids to get that, you know, and we need to get out into schools and tell kids, you know, when you play these games, you not only cannot send a naked photo, you better get those naked photos out of your storage in your cell phone and your devices because they can be penetrated. And as long as you have a naked photo, you are going to be violated somehow. But more important, we got to get out in front of this. I think I'm going to probably make this into another show this next week because I'm running out of time. But we got to get out in front of this. We need programs all across America to explain how the Internet works and why somebody wants their naked photo. And more important, how to break that prism of shame, how to break that phantom relationship, how to ask for help when you feel like you can't. Maybe we can even create some sort of national program and hotline that they can they can reach and tell quietly, you know, and uh, and like that to, to be able to break that prism of shame. But what I need kids to understand is the steps of how they get trapped how the internet works, and then how to break that trap. We are losing kids all over the world. We don't need to be losing. But what we don't know is how many kids are living in a prism of self-degrading shame that we need to access. Because if they've started down that prism of self-degrading shame, I'm going to tell you that 70 to 80% of sex trafficking victims were previously sexually violated. Now, in these cases, these kids self-violated, and they are paying the price, and we are headed down a path that is going to be greatly costly to our society. My name is Opal Singleton. You can reach me at opal at meandkids.org. If you're willing to finance some of these documentaries, please let me know. If you're willing to support our work, please donate at www.meandkids.org. 
I would appreciate it a whole lot. I believe that we are in the fight of our lives for our children's soul. I am not making this up. You know, sometimes I think of a line, they laid their children at the altar of other gods. You know, this is an insane kind of thing that is going on. But we can beat this. This is the war of our lives for our children's future. You know, it isn't politics. It isn't all that other garbage you're hearing out on the Internet. It is, in fact, our kids who are self-destructing. And we can do something about it. Thank you for each and every one of you that listen to this show, that share this show, that will access the archive. I hope you'll go to exploitedcrimes.com, access the archive, and share this show with everyone you know. It might be the most important thing you've done all day, maybe all week. This is Opal Singleton signing off with you folks. See you next Thursday, 7 a.m. You all have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.